What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Back from another vacation. Yeah. You know, had to take some time off. Got some, got a lot of shit happening out here. So, uh, mine was luckily, mainly equipment issues. <laughs> last week was a slow week, so it didn't, didn't feel like we missed much. Um, you know, Antonio Brown's a Raider. I'm pretty mm. happy about this. Uh, I wonder how long you'll be happy about it, though. That's the question. You got the honeymoon period where everyone's like, oh my God, I got Antonio Brown. And he starts playing, and you realize he's like, what, 32 years old? Man, he's he 30 years old, bro. No. Don't give him another year. I don't know about that. Um, two years. But that blonde mustache, it's hard to tell his age. Uh, looks like we could be a sneaky destination for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, also, so what I'm liking it. I like what I hear. People want to come to Oakland because they are going to be moving to Vegas next year, and that is um, a no state income tax state. So you get a lot of money. You can back it back end it. That's what they do with their car contract. I assume that's what they're going to do with Antonio Brown's contract and whomever else they sign long term. Um, you know, Lamarcus Joyner, solid pickup. Um, I think that. Uh, that Oakland has become attractive, not necessarily for being in Oakland, but just because they're going to move to Vegas in a brand new state of the art stadium uh, next season. Oakland Raiders in Las Vegas does not sound like a recipe for success to me. Sounds like a lot of trouble. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's nothing that, that they cannot access on a daily basis anyway. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's a lot easier in Vegas. It just like so, it's a lot easier in New York City. It's a lot easier in L.A. It's yeah, a lot easier in when the in last Jersey. time. Yeah, the Giants isn't really good on a consistent basis, and neither are the Jets. So there's although I think the, the Giants are doing a lot of drugs, they just traded Odell Beckham to the Browns. So uh, you know, well they got a nice really haul, sure didn't going. they? Look at like the seventeenth pick, a third, the second of the third picks, and <laughs> Jaleel Peppers. What the yeah, hell? But, and sixteen million dollars in just dead cap. <laughs> It didn't that that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, especially if you're gonna roll with a a 37 year old Eli Manning who has steadily declined over and over and over again. I I legitimately don't know what the Giants are doing. However, the smartest thing they did was not give Landon Collins that fat ass contract that the Redskins gave him. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's go one at a time. There's a lot of action that happened today. I want to start <coughs> off with this Antonio Brown thing because we didn't touch on it last year. How much of a locker room distraction? was this dude for him to allow, well, not allow, kind of force the Steelers' hand into trading him with almost no leverage. I mean, the dude had no guaranteed money on his contract because obviously all the bonuses were negotiated up front. He had already been paid the bonuses. He didn't have any guaranteed money this year. He gets traded to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. Then he gets $50 million more, like, guaranteed. What, what's no, going no, no, on? No. I like, think it's only th- thirty six million is guaranteed. But yeah, so I, it's I a fifty million dollar contract with thirty six guaranteed. But it's all Correct. coming in like the next two years, right? Right. So they they backloaded it. So, but uh, I mean, backloading it for him isn't that big of a deal because he already got the money on like so it's essentially like he signed what a two or three year contract with the Steelers, and now he's getting another two to three year contract. 
I'm not mad at him. I, I think that Antonio Brown is using, you know, he is doing what NBA players do. Um, I, I'm not mad at him. I want to see NFL players start to take control of their of their contracts. The the NFL is in an old. You got to be real gentle when you say some things that you say about the NFL, but they're definitely in a very backward state of mind. It's the owners have the power, management has the power, the suits have the power, and the players are the. Uh, you you're know, not, just the you're not going with the LeBron slave mentality. I mean, I hate. You, you and I have talked about that. I hate using the term <laughs> slaves when it comes to millionaires and billionaires, but essentially that's how it's – that's not what it is. Now, when it comes to college sports, I will 100% equate it to slavery. But uh, when it comes to pro sports, it's a little bit tougher to, to put it that way. As Again, when you're talking about millionaires and billionaires, but I like to put it in terms of f- farmers and cattle. And so. just to be clear, that's not my words. If you didn't watch the shop – with LeBron, Antonio Brown, and uh, Anthony Davis, that's what LeBron said, that the owners of the NFL have a slave mentality. Uh, I think that's taking it a bit too far. But I'm just – I am just, I don't know. I don't understand it because it's nothing, it's nothing that we've seen before in the NFL. Usually if a player doesn't have leverage, then they don't get to choose where they go. I mean, a lot of these things – a lot of things took place in this Antonio Brown's um, trade – that I didn't think would happen just because they signed him to the contract. They had so much dead money. Dead money is basically money that counts against you on your book that you paid out. So it's like they have a receiver making $22 million that's not actually on their team. Of course, that's just for this year. It'll benefit them next year because they have that cap room. But teams are reluctant to do that. So, I mean, I don't. I feel like Antonio Brown personally – has something on the Steelers, whether it's something on Ben, whether it's something on the locker room. I feel like he knows something because if you look at how these things played out, the more interviews he started to do, the more the Steelers started to rush this trade thing. It seemed like every interview he would say a little bit more about Ben, and then it just started to move at a faster pace. So it's like Antonio Brown was teasing him like, okay, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to really start talking. Did you not get that feel? Um, I don't know. That might be a little too deep for me. A little, a little too highbrow for me. But uh, I'm just saying. I, I'm bored. I think you know. As much as I love a good conspiracy theory, I think that's a bit <laughs> much. But um, no, man. I mean, I, I don't hate the dude. He, he, if you're the Raiders, you're getting a. You gave up a third and a fifth draft round draft pick for the dude. Um, yeah, you gave him a new contract, but so what? He's still. Let's not act like he's a top three receiver not a top three receiver in the game. I mean, Antonio Brown's probably going to get 1,200 yards this year. But um, I, ha- I I mean, I have some concerns. I mean, me and you both had talked about this early in the podcast with the fact that whenever they were played main coverage, Antonio didn't look like the same Antonio. He didn't look like he was able to get open and main coverage as consistently as he did before. Now, I will say, even with that, he's still probably 10 times better than any receiver on the Raiders roster. You needed a threat to give to um, Derek Carr. But, I mean, looking at what Amari Cooper did in Dallas compared to what he did in the Raiders, I'm starting to question Derek Carr. And I've been a fan of his all year. I think that Amari Cooper didn't want to be there. I don't, I don't know if he and Gruden didn't get along. I don't know what the case was, but that was pretty evident. And I have been, you know, one who has been a, up and down on car um I, I i think that amari cooper though um 
you know, the guy struggled with drops. He's a good receiver. He's not a great. He's he's nowhere near Antonio Brown's level. Um, you know, so I think it's a great pickup for the Raiders. I think you know we're moving forward a little bit here, but if they somehow find a way to sign Le'Veon Bell, uh, as long as as well as signing the top um, offensive lineman on the market, uh, you know that that's a that's John Gruden's mo. He wants that offense to be turnkey, whether or not Derek Carr is the guy, and they have to draft a guy next year. He wants that to be a turnkey offense that knows exactly what they're doing, and then he's going to draft defense, that, and that's what he's going to do. That, that's exactly so if you can get a 26 year old running back in Le'Veon Bell you might have to put another receiver out there draft another receiver because Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson are old older um and then you get a tight end and you keep it moving um that way you've got five draft picks over the next two years that you can just focus and build a defense well full disclosure I mean I never had a problem with Antonio Brown until I started watching these interviews and these interviews did make me feel some type of way now I don't know the dude's family situation but I kind of have a problem with on one interview this dude's in like a 26,000 foot mansion and then he goes to like talk to his uncle in like a trap house and like look like one of the worst parts of Florida I, I don't I didn't like that look I mean it's like he's just going back there because I feel like if he was really that close with his family they wouldn't be in a trap house in Florida so why are you going back there you know what I mean I mean you know <laughs> I have a it's problem with that I, it might just dude, be me man. being sensitive but I kind of had a problem with that man he's a strange dude I mean there's there's <laughs> no doubt about that he just he's a weird cat so but he he's productive He's never won a Super Bowl, and, and you know it's funny because I typically don't believe in paying receivers for that reason because they can't win you a Super Bowl. But when you get a chance to get get a dude that's this good for a third and a fifth round draft pick, why not? I mean, you know, you're Oakland, you're four and twelve last year. What else do you have to lose? And that's why now that if I can see that we've turned Khalil Mack into Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Lamarcus Joyner, and Trent Brown. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> and you have five first-round draft picks on the next two years. It's really hard to argue with that line of thinking and that strategy. Well, I don't dislike anything that Gruden's doing. And I, like I said, I like Mayock pickup. I think that the Raiders are in the right direction. They've just been the joke of the league so much that everyone automatically jumps to say that's a bad move when something happens with the Raiders. It's kind of like right. the same thing with the Browns. Anything that the Browns do or did last year was looked at as like a bad move, but the only bad move they did was keeping the coach. If they would have had a new coach at the beginning of the season, the Browns would have made the playoffs this year. I think they proved that. So, I mean, people were saying um, Baker Mayfield is going to be a bust. Why are you taking him at the first round? So you can't change people's perception until you change people's perception. And I think the Raiders are on the path to do that. Let's jump into another one, man. People really, these defenders this year, how much do they man. owe Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack man? That man. dude, man, Mack and what was it, Donald? Donald Aaron Donald, Donald, yep. Aaron Donald, they are getting dudes paid this year, and I don't think man. they all deserve it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Landon Collins got $84 million for a safety? Yeah. For a safety? Now he, he, he's pretty versatile. He's not he, great he in is. coverage. He's not great in coverage. He's more of a linebacker than a coverage safety. I'll say that, but, I mean, he's impactful. And that's the type of safety that. But eighty-four uh, million. I mean, they, they. But if you look at the Redskins secondary, they have coverage secondary. So someone that can lay that hammer down and that's invaluable. It's a different league, bro. Can't. I mean, you're not looking for headhunters anymore. Jack Tatum can't run the sidelines anymore. Ronnie Lott can't do that. 
But Collins was still impactful on a bad defense. So just imagine if he's with a defense that can cover. He can he can be a force. So I'm not so much mad at that because you're Washington. At least, I mean, you're Washington. What else are you going to do with your money? I mean, let's That's be a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money to give to a safety. <laughs> a dude, a cat that not, not only does he not touch the ball every play, like he but doesn't even affect. Versatile. Yeah, he but can, he doesn't affect every play like a Khalil Mack does or an Aaron Donald does. These are cats that, like, if they don't touch the ball, they're touching the quarterback every play almost. Yeah, but you have to, you kind of pay for the fact that he can guard tight ends because you're going into a league which is tight end heavy. You got the Giants with Ingram. Um, the Eagles have uh, Eagles have Zach Ertz and um, Goldert now. Um, Dallas no longer has one, but I don't know. Blake Jarwin might show up, but that is kind of a tight end conference. It's a tight end league. He can lay down the hammer in the secondary. He can guard tight ends, even though he gets scorched. But I mean, I can guess he has the versatility. Stop? Yeah. So Jason Witten was pretty damn bad in the Monday night football booth. I mean, <laughs> bad. It wasn't all on him though, though. The color commentator. No, Booger was bad, yeah. but man, that whole bad crew enough. was bad. But now here we are. Jace Wooden decided that he can't take that anymore. He's coming back to play. Um, what do you think this does for Dallas? Nothing. That dude was on his last leg when he was here before. All he did was held, hold Dak back. I mean, Dak had to learn to really throw the ball and read the covers because he didn't have that safety net because they were forcing the ball to Witten. So this year he actually had growth. Now you bring Witten back that's probably going to be a shell of himself. You just, I don't, I don't understand it. I thought Jarwin had a lot of talent, but he's a rookie. You can't expect him. I think Dallas, Dallas is an organization. Dallas is their fans. They expect players to come in and be like Emmitt Smith right off the bat. Like, all players need time to grow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I would not bring Witten back unless it's a coaching position. If he's coming off the bench and he's tutoring the tight ends, it's a whole different story. But I just got a feeling they're going to start trying to t- start him and feed him the ball, and I just don't think that's the move. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like that. I think it'll be more of he, you know, can help from a coaching standpoint, coach up some of them, those young cats. I mean, that veteran presence isn't something to just brush off. I mean, he clearly well, loves. He announced he was coming back after Jeff Swain left. <laughs> Jeff I mean, Swain was the starter. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's coming here as a backup role. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. So. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, I'm with you. I don't think uh, as far as an on-the-field on standpoint, it makes much of a difference. I, I don't see how, a, what is Jason Witten, 35 years old, who took a year off. You, you, know, you, hear, that, you hear that shot Steve Smith threw at him? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they asked Steve Smith about coming back, if he was going to come back since uh, Jason Witten came back, and he was like, nah, I'm actually good at my job. Oh, I did see that. Boy, <laughs> the shade he threw. Yeah, yeah. that's dirty. Um, he wasn't wrong, though. I mean, he ain't wrong. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the Browns, man. OBJ gets traded to the Browns. What do we think of this? Now we're talking about Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, these cats have some weapons. Duke Johnson. I mean, as I said earlier, I think the only thing that held them back last year from making the playoffs was a coach. I mean, you take the coach out of the um, picture, that last half of the season, what they went like six and two or seven and one or something, mm-hmm. they missed it by one game. They that they looked like a playoff team. I thought they looked like a playoff team. So if you take the coach out of the equation, those first four games were 
They started Tyrod Taylor, which I said at the beginning of the year was the dumbest move I've ever seen because you've only won one game in two years. Why are you starting a, a game-managing quarterback? You might as well go with your number number one overall pick. They're protecting Baker like they had something to lose. If you start Baker in those games, they at least go two and two. At that point in time, they make the playoffs. Now you give them real receivers because most of the year, the receivers that they had were hurt, and they were just playing with rookies like Callaway, Higgins, and dudes off the street, and Baker Mayfield was making plays. So you start this season with Baker Mayfield, who theoretically, if – Feels like he played two seasons because two halves of the season starting to starting. Um, then you have uh, Chubb, who looked like a great running back. You add Kareem Hunt, which he's probably going to get suspended for a half the year at least. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. You got Jarvis Landry, uh, Antonio Callaway, Rashard Higgins. You got a defense. Um, what's the uh, end that they drafted number one overall? Miles Garrett. They got Miles Garrett and they got Danny, the other cat. Or not, not Danny Shelton. Uh Who's that cat in the middle? They still Sheldon. They Danny Sheldon. Sheldon. Okay. Yeah. They got him from um New England in the trade. Yeah. They got another defensive end. I can't remember his name. Uh African type name on the other end. They have a legit <laughs> defense, man. African yeah, I probably type name. <laughs> I can't pronounce it, man. Kill oh, shit. <laughs> All right, that's funny. But uh what I mean, but they got they got OBJ for crumbs, man. Basically. Crumbs. Basically. It's only so many draft picks you can have. So uh, now that they got the talent, yeah, they basically got them for nothing. So if if it's a win, it's a win for them. Um, and, I mean, and, you can't pass up that deal if all they're asking for is the seventeenth overall pick, the the second of your two thirds, the worst pick of your thirds, and Jaleel Peppers, who hasn't Jabril, shown man, the potential. Damn. Jabril Peppers that you, hadn't shown the potential that you thought he would be. I mean. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand what the Giants are doing, man. It's it's very very confusing to me. Yeah, sitting here I mean, watching this game with LeBron dancing after dunking on the Bulls, and they're like eight games out of the playoffs. I I just feel some type of way. I mean, that's neither here nor there. We'll get that, to it. That moment kind of pissed me off right just we'll, right then. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, you know, I I think that. Uh, I think Cleveland's heading in the right direction. I think Oakland's heading in the right direction, like you said. I think, I, honestly, I think that's what John Gruden did. He looked at what the Browns did with all those draft picks and, was, and all the players they have, and was like, "Man, hell yeah, that's exactly how you rebuild a team today." So, um, I think that you know, Moneyball dude—I can't remember his name—who they brought Billy in to Bean. do the money. What was his oh, name? Oh, oh, yeah, for Cleveland. Yeah, but they fired think, him. Yeah, they fired him, but that's the same thing as they fired Hinky in Philly. You fire a dude and say it didn't work, and then all of a sudden it works. Shouldn't you get yeah. some kind of severance or something? <laughs> you got to, right? Yeah, you, you got to come back. You you got to get your flowers. I mean, Hinky did that. All those moves, everybody was talking about him. He took all the blunt of it, and then they let him go, and then all of it works. He said that he said the timetable which it would take. Um, the Browns did the same thing, and now it's working out perfectly for them. They're building an all star squad, and they're gonna have a shitload of cap room. <laughs> I, I think I think we can go ahead and say this. If Le'Veon Bell gets to the Raiders, Oakland in six. Okay. <laughs> Oakland That's... in six. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all still aren't better than the Browns right now. The Browns got a better quarterback situation. O- Oakland, Cleveland in the uh in the AFC championship, Oakland in six. Calling it right now, uh, Oakland in six. <laughs> don't you mean don't you mean uh Vegas in six? Vegas. nope, because Oakland is this season, <laughs> Oakland in six. Um 
You know, so honestly, man, this is one of the more exciting uh, free agency periods that I could think of in quite a while. I mean, you know, especially when you're talking about trades, D four goes to, to San Francisco, OBJ to to Dem- or excuse me to to Cleveland, uh, Antonio Brown to Oakland. I mean, this is a very very active. Uh, offseason for the NFL. Yeah, it's kind of similar to an NBA offseason. It's got a lot of drama, a lot of trades that you wouldn't think would happen. I mean, this is abnormal to see this many big-name <laughs> players. I mean, D4 just got traded to the 49ers and got a big contract. Antonio Brown got traded to the Raiders, got a big contract. Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns, got a big contract. So you're seeing a lot of moves. Then you're seeing a lot of these guys back out of contracts because teams are, it's like more available players than teams thought. So you got uh, uh, Anthony Barr signing with New Jersey. I mean, not you, sir. Uh, the Jets. The Jets. They signed with yep. the Jets. Then the Jets go and give uh, C.J. Mosley like $18 million a year. And Anthony Barr says, you know what? I'm cool. And <laughs> goes back to the Vikings. This has been an entertaining first couple of days of the NFL offseason, which is not normally this exciting. You probably get one day, one, one or two big contracts. But it's been a lot of excitement going on. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm you know, for you and I who tend to get bored of the NFL pretty quickly, it, it's really good to see that you know usually by the time the NFL um, Super Bowl is over, our attention completely turns to uh, to the NBA, and if you know for nothing else for a day, the NFL has kind of captured some of that attention, which is which is rare. Well, the NBA has been, I mean, I'd say over the last five years, the NBA has done a way better job of just capturing attention over the course of the the year. I mean, even in the NFL, like this is the height of NFL free agency, but it's also um, the time where the NBA is starting their real playoff race. You got the playoff races going on. Then you got March Madness coming up. So the NFL offseason really doesn't last like with excitement more than like a couple of days like it's a couple of days in free agency maybe the first two days then after that it's the draft the first i mean a weekend of the draft and then after that it's kind of like uh you know some people watch otas most people don't yeah so no not at all i mean i'm a i'm a football lover i'm a sports lover so i watch all that but i don't know if the general population is entertained by anything after the first day of free agency the first round of the draft does anybody else care yeah, because you got all these knuckleheads like you sitting around watching the AAF and who knows what else. I have like, not watched what, one AAF game, and it's not because it's bad football. What, I just forget about it. <laughs> what's it? What's it called? The one day at a time. The the hard knocks is good, but or whatever the one step at a time that the NFL didn't come up with. All this kind of shit that really is just nothing, nothing. Yeah. But they 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 pull better ratings than what any other sport out there their their bet their worst is is you know the almost any other sports best yeah but you i mean you can't put people in my same bucket because like i'm i'm sitting here getting excited about the uh big three basketball league signing carlos arroyo so i mean i just have a whole different level of boredom in my life so i'm justified in watching that crap but the general population is are the is um aaf or whatever are they getting good ratings I don't know. I don't watch that. I don't pay attention to it. I don't. I don't think it should exist. I have no earthly idea what's going on there. I thought you were following Trent Richardson pretty closely. No thanks. <laughs> I don't even. Does he play for Memphis? I think he does. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I refuse. I refuse to watch bad football, folks. I refuse. Um, all right, man. Should we move on to the NBA? Uh, 
Sure. You got something else to say? Uh, I was trying to think if we missed any contracts, any big things that happened. Oh, I wanted to touch on Le'Veon. What do you think is going on with oh, yeah. Le'Veon? You can't just skip over Le'Veon. He's the biggest name for agency right now. And we missed Nick Foles. Nick Foles has got $88 million or something from the Jags. I don't personally think he's better than Bortles. What's up, man? So which one you want to go? Nick Foles or Bortle? I mean, big Nick Foles or Le'Veon? Big big Nick Foles. Let's let's uh Nick let's Foles. let's stop there. Nick Foles. Um why would the Jags give him five years? <laughs> like what, eighty eight million was it? Or eighty six? Eighty yeah, I think eighty four million or something crazy. That makes zero sense to me. Okay, he came in for six games or however many games he won the Super Bowl. All credit to him. But if you actually look at the games, he was not the deciding factor in like three to four of those games. The Super Bowl, he had a hell of a game. Against the Falcons, he struggled. I mean, that's them. I'm talking about the Super Bowl year, of course. I'm not talking about last year. Um, the Vikings, he had a good game, but that was more of the defense getting it going, and then everything just went right for the Eagles. I don't know if you count that. I mean, even against the Saints this year, he struggled. Is he worth $88 million? 50 guaranteed? Uh, and uh, the short answer is no. Um, the long answer is absolutely not. <laughs> I, I just, because if you look at, you know, his numbers, they're barely better than, um, than Blake Bortles. I, I just, you know, I don't understand it. I don't think it's, a, I mean, but, you know, if you're Jacksonville. And didn't, didn't they have to cut a bunch of cats to, to make room, to give uh, uh, Nick Foles' contract. I think they had to get rid of Malik Jackson. They had to uh, Eagle. get rid of quite a few people. Yeah, I like that signing by the Eagles. Yeah, they had to get rid of Malik Jackson. Um, I don't think they had to get rid of a lot of people. I think there's people they were going to get rid of anyway, like Blake Bortles, Malik Jackson. I don't know anybody of significance that they let go in order to get Nick Foles. I just don't understand the move because my biggest problem with people in the NFL or GMs in the NFL I think they're dumb, just like I think NFL GMs are dumb. It's a copycat league. You're always trying to recreate something that someone else has done. But the reason why the Eagles were successful with Nick Foles is because they were willing to change their offense to fit Nick Foles. When Nick Foles got behind the center, that was not the same offense that Carson Wentz was running. So if you're not willing to do that, then what's the point of giving him 80-something million dollars? And the reason why I know they're not willing to do that because you could have did that with Blake Bortles. They weren't playing to, towards Blake Bortles' strength. They were. They didn't want to give Blake Bortles the ball. And the more you let um, Nick Foles throw the ball, it's going to be more like Nick Foles in St. Louis with Jeff Fisher than it is Nick Foles with Doug Peterson where they're running RPOs because they see him struggling. I can tell you one thing. I'm telling people this. Nick Foles has to have easy reads because he only throws the ball downfield. He does that very well. Or he needs to be running RPOs because if you just run two slants with <laughs> Nick Foles, they better be open because one of those dudes are getting the ball whether they open or not. <laughs> and I can guarantee you that. It's coming out. <laughs> so, so you better you better be scheming for Nick Foles because he can make it look good if you work to his strengths. But if you're just out there thinking he's going to be Drew Brees, you got a rude awakening coming. <laughs> um. Well, that is pretty damn funny. Uh, all right. Look, I don't know what this does for Jacksonville, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that you know, I, Blake Bortles was pretty damn bad. Um, you, I know you don't think I don't, so. I, don't I think agree. he's terrible. I don't agree. His decision making, his decision making was questionable. I'll give you that. But the talent is there. But he doesn't have, and he didn't have a offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach that believed in him. 
He didn't have someone that was willing to mold the offense to his strengths, as you see a lot of these offenses doing with bad quarterbacks. If he gets the coach that's coaching Mariota, he's better than Mariota. That dude's trash. I think Mariota's pretty bad. Jameis Winston has gotten 100 million chances, and he's way worse than Blake Bortles. That dude be throwing like eight picks a game. You tell me Jameis Winston is better than Blake Bortles? No. I, I, I'm I not in on any of them. Uh, I don't think – I really don't think that Mariota is any good. I don't think that um, – I definitely don't think Jameis is any good. I, I think those – yeah. I mean, Bortles cannot be worse than those two dudes. So, I'm ex- I'm curious to see where he goes. I, if I were Washington, I probably would have, you know, wait. Who did they trade for? Or Case Keenum? <laughs> no, that's a good pickup. No, it's not. You get Case Keenum. Case Keenum's I mean, trash, man. They would be better if off you getting play Bortles. To Case Keenum's strengths – if you play to his strengths, he's a decent quarterback. Because when, when Denver's line was in shambles, not Denver, uh, when Minnesota's line was in shambles, Case Keenum looked decent. And where did he come from before the Vikings. that? LA? His, his, he made his name off of the Vikings run to the NFC Championship game, but that defense was playing at a all-time elite level. Now, he went to mm-hmm. Denver, and Denver has Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Cortland Sutland, and the other dude – and he couldn't get over 100 yards passing each game. The other dude probably put it, would have put him <laughs> over the map, though. So, um, all right, man, let's, before we get too much further, or before we get to the NBA, all right, let's talk uh, Le'Veon real fast. Um, I'm seeing a lot of reports that he wants to go to Oakland. Um, a lot of reports that the most he's being paid is between 11 and $12 million per year uh, is what most GMs are looking at. He wants to be around $17 million per year. Do you think, and so here's the case, right? Todd Gurley just got paid. Todd Gurley's got arthritis in his knee. Todd Gurley's not going to be playing past 30 years old. He's 26, going to be 27. Does Le'Veon get that money? Does this was sitting out the right move? See, I, I, I have a different perspective. Everyone wants to link sitting out to if he gets $17 million. I don't think that too much matters. I think that it comes down to, I mean, he was offered what, five years? Whatever um, Todd Gurley got, that's what he wanted. And he wasn't being offered that. I think the story was he was offered five years 70, and he didn't want the five years 70. Did you read that? So mm-hmm. five years 70. If he can get in the $14 million range and you didn't, I'm, I'm okay with whatever he gets as long as it's like, I think he wins as long as it's in the 13 to $15 million range because he didn't take it, but I don't know if he wanted to be with the Steelers anyway. I don't know if he liked the organization. I don't know if he liked the locker room. One thing I don't think he should have did, I do not think that he should have played on the franchise tag. So saying that he sat down because he didn't want to play on the franchise tag, now he might have messed up because he didn't take the five-year $70 million, but the reason why he didn't is because he had some kind of insight that Gurley was worth that and he wanted to be the highest paid. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't play. My biggest thing is I wouldn't play over the franchise, franchise tag. He might have messed up when he didn't take the first offer because he's negotiating. That that happens. I mean, if you think you're worth something and you're not, I still don't think sitting out is a bad move because that's one more year of wear and tear. That's one more year you could have could have been like Earl Thomas where you could have injured your leg. Now, at that point, they really don't want to pay you. So sitting out one year now, all you're saying is, oh, he's been out a year. You're not saying he's coming back from an ACL or he's coming back from an Achilles or he's coming back from something like that. All you're saying is, well, he sat out a year. He may have gained some weight. 
So I'm good with that. If he still gets the 14 to $16 million range, I think he's good. I think he will because he has two to three bidders. They were saying with the Jets backing out on, I mean, with Barr backing out on the Jets, then they got some extra money so they can potentially pay him. Um, the Raiders just gave Antonio Brown like $17 million. Gruden loves running backs. I mean, why wouldn't Gruden give him like 15? Y'all trying to win now, obviously. I don't think they give him 15. I, I, I don't. I think the reason they brought Mike Mayock in is so that Gruden cannot do dumb shit. So, uh, well, some people you know, could consider now, Brown getting wise, a new contract I, dumb shit. Yeah, maybe. But I think that that was a smart move. I think most people would agree that for the Raiders, that's a smart move. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I, I agree with you. I, I don't think that sitting out a year was a bad thing um, because we do know that running backs have a short shelf life. Uh, it's Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if I woke up tomorrow and he decided he's signing with the Raiders, but it sounds like it's the Jets and the Jets. Um, he's trying to squeeze the most money out of them because he's been – He's been flaunting this stuff on social media for the last day and a half of how he's already decided the team. Antonio Brown, talk, you know, posted how he uh, he secured the bag and you know it, just all this nonsense to where it just seems like basically what's happened is so, he wants so more what money. Would, than, than what would be a win? What contract range, guaranteed money, years? What would be a win for Le'Veon? Just a range that you think would be a win that would be worth him sitting out a year. Man, I don't know. As he's twenty six, gonna be twenty seven in the season. I don't know that you're getting more than a three year contract. I mean, he might get a three year, forty five million dollar contract. I doubt it. I think he's but getting he a might. five year. I mean, so maybe he gets thirty three, thirty five, five years for a running there's back. There's no I, way I, I sign with no the Jets way. without. No with, way. They don't give with a three year contract because they're probably not gonna win in three years. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, but you can't. But if you're Le'Veon, you can't dictate like oh well because we've already they've already proven teams have come out and said we're not pursuing them the the ravens were the other the third team and they've said they're not pursuing them they signed Mark but you Andrew. don't know what's being so, offered between the jets point, and the writers it might not be a year thing it right, might be right. a guaranteed money thing but at some point at some point it's the jets and the raiders so they're not no if they if neither one of them says they're giving a five-year deal guess what guess what but both of them what could be get, both of them could there be giving a five deal. years it just could be a guaranteed money thing how much guaranteed money you want i can't see it I, you're gonna give a 27 year old. Bro, you just back gave a 30 year old wide receiver years. what a three or four year deal. Who who ages better? Uh, I would say I, I would Junior say Rice I would say you would 40. get more years out of that 26 year old running back. You'll get four years out of that 26 year old man. running back that can catch the ball, Come on, that man. can run the ball, that can block. Larry Fitzgerald, 35, okay. still putting up numbers. Name me a 35 year old running back. Darren up numbers. Sproles. He's not Shut putting up, up numbers. Are you no, he crazy? Ain't doing shit. Okay. <laughs> Yes. He's not doing. He's he is only no, valuable to the. He was Eagles, valuable okay? for when he went to the Eagles. He was like thirty five. What are you talking about? You can you can point at at Darren Sproles, Frank Gore, all you want to. Shady's like thirty three right now, thirty four. He had he's one last year was his worst year. So last league. year he was thirty two. The year before last he was thirty two, and he was valuable. And he's and he's not <laughs> valuable to any team oh, that's winning. I take Shady back right now on the Eagles. I'm sure I'm the sure Eagles. Would, I'm sure the Eagles would take him back too. Your favorite team. I get it. Hey, why the I Bills won't trade him then? He's got to have some value. The Bills refuse to trade him. No, I can't see. The it. Eagles asked about it. it at the I, trade I would, deadline, and they wanted a second for him. You got it. You got to give me a second. I can name a ton of players that are putting. A, I can name wide receivers that age into their thirties uh, better than running backs. I mean that that's. The, 
I can't name you a running back past 31 that's ever been killing uh, it. I Marshawn just told Lynch? You two, at least. Darren no, Sproles no, no, no. killed it nothing. way past 31. You want to bet? Let, let's take a look at old Darren Sproles' numbers for the No, no, no. You're, you said 31. Take a look at Darren Sproles' numbers. Because Darren Sproles was like 40. <laughs> How does Darren Sproles? Yeah, look. Let's find out. Darren Sproles is 35 years old. Darren Sproles has not been relevant in what? She a long He was re- he was relevant on the, the Saints. Time he put he up- was relevant on the Eagles. That's all that matters. You devalue winning cuz you haven't seen a winning organization since When's the last time you seen a winning organization? He he hasn't put up more than 700 yards total since 2000. Marcus, are you going to answer my question? The Raiders won 12 games three years uh, ago. Really? How far How far did you go in the playoffs so, when you did that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> All I'm saying is Darren Sproles has done nothing of note in five years. Whatever. Let's get on to the NBA. I don't like you disrespecting my Eagles and you, you root for a loser. A loser team in the Raiders. <laughs> Make me upset. Uh, so, what sorry, do you think about bro. LeBron sorry, being bro. like eight games out of the playoffs when he was supposed to be the savior of the Lakers? Let, well, let, <laughs> let me tell you something, Ernie. So, here's the thing. I do want to. I do want to go ahead and say this first. We can stop making LeBron James the goat. Uh, uh, we People are going to point to Jordan with the Wizards. Michael, you know when you say that, right? Yeah, that that was after the motherfucker retired twice. Was thirty part owner of the team back. came straight down from the office and yeah, dressed you. Know shoes. I mean? diff- and, and, and and honestly, he put up good numbers. <laughs> so still mad at Jermaine uh, O'Neal for ruining right the MVP of his last All Star game. So you know, I, uh, I Michael Jeffrey Jordan would never would never miss the playoffs. Okay, like I just. And I get he was out for 18 games, and I get that these cats don't come with the same sense of urgency every day. But LeBron, man, this dude, the, the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron, Mike, no matter how old he got, was not taking games off ever. LeBron just straight up doesn't. He can get now he can get 25, five and five with the, like like homeboy from the Avengers snapping his fingers. He can do that anytime he wants to. But they're empty stats. He do, he is a, a a straight up liability on defense, and I've never seen a cat pout so much, man. I I, I don't know what's going on, with LeBron. I, I'm a big time LeBron fan, but Le- Lakers LeBron has well, Lakers the LeBron looks like a lot like the LeBron when he left the Cavs that last year. Was it 2009? It looks a lot like that LeBron. LeBron is a big powder. When things don't go his way, LeBron traditionally pouts. Um, my problem is, is that everyone wants to put the blame on these look, these young guys. Oh, they don't come with the same amount of injuries. They don't do this. In my opinion, they did their job. They're they're at the same record that they were last year without LeBron. <laughs> so I mean, that's their expectation. My problem was with LeBron. You were supposed to make those guys better. You were supposed to be mentoring them, showing them how to win, this, that, and the other. All of the LeBron mystique that everyone puts on LeBron, that's what you went there to do. 
Um, even at the end when they started, when he started calling players out, Brandon Ingram was playing really well. Um, Le- um, Lonzo Ball had a really good season. He didn't have a great statistical season, but you saw how they missed him when he got hurt on defense. He's been playing well. Kuzma's been playing well. I mean, I don't know what else you wanted those guys to do because I don't think they've been playing horribly. But anytime people play with LeBron, when you lose, it's everybody else's fault but LeBron. When you win, it's all LeBron. That's why I don't think stars want to play with them. Who wants to deal with that? So I don't actually think those players play badly. I think they get the bulk of the blame. But I say 90% of the blame goes on Magic Johnson. They're, they're, they were star hunting. They should have kept Brooke Lopez for a cheap price. He would have fit perfectly with LeBron. He was a rim protector, and he could step out and shoot threes. You see what he's doing with the Milwaukee Bucks. Letting him go was dumb. I see that they asked, they wanted Julius Randle to stay, but I don't know if you could keep Julius Randle and keep LeBron. They kind of play the same position, so I'm okay with that. But Brooke Lopez, you should have definitely kept him. You shouldn't have went and got JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and Rondo. You could have spent that money on just getting spot-up shooters to put around LeBron, and that would have been a lot better team. I think anybody that knows basketball knew that this team was going to have struck was going to struggle if you didn't have that LeBron James sunglasses that he's the greatest of all time shades on. If you took those off and just looked at this team at the beginning, I mean, if you our our tape said it. We talked about how bad they were shooting the three, how bad they were defending the three. No LeBron James team has been good without having three-point shooters around them. That's where that team was fault. Yeah, I mean, so you've seen reports that you know there were people that the Lakers were split on wanting to keep Julius Randle, that they were split on uh, Brooke Lopez, and honestly, man. I think you and I talked about this a, a, a couple weeks ago. The Lakers have been a mess of an organization of an organization for the past seven years, really. Um, you know, Magic and, and and Rob Palinka have been an atrocity. Um, you know, they they completely botched uh, Paul George, just assuming that he would come there. Uh, they pretty much botched the uh, Kawhi Leonard deal, figuring that they were the one that he wanted to go play with. I think they knew that they had LeBron coming there, but LeBron doesn't seem like he's super interested in basketball. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked about it saying, you know, I think that he wants to go uh, expand his empire. So, I, you know, they they got the star name, but they didn't get a player who LeBron's not hungry anymore. I don't think he is. I don't do think you? he's hungry, and I don't think LeBron's ever been a good recruiter. I mean, I had this argument with a bunch of people. Everyone talks about this LeBron mystique. Who has LeBron recruited in? Dwayne Wade recruited him. Chris Bosh was going to Miami with or without. He signed before the decision was open. And if you listen to LeBron, he claims that he hadn't even made a decision yet. So Chris Bosh was going to Miami anyway. They they didn't really recruit Kevin Love. He was just desperate to get out of Minnesota. And they traded for him. Kyrie was already there. Like, who did LeBron recruit significant enough? Who, who was a significant player that LeBron recruited to Cleveland? Can you think of one? Yeah. Nope, and that's why he left the first time because he couldn't so, get anybody so then, to play at, with So at him. that point, it was all. Oh, uh, it's because it's Cleveland. Only person you could say that he recruited was Ray Allen to Miami on his last leg. That's yeah. it. So I don't know where this mystique of that but, LeBron is a great recruiter ever came from. No, and you know, like I said, it's going to be tough for it's going to be tough for for the Lakers, and I think that, like I said. 
you can say that they've been slightly more successful under Genie Bus than they were under Jim Bus, but because Jim Bus was just a straight up knucklehead, they kind of got back to what they were doing. But you look at some of their draft picks, meh. You look at some of their, you know, trading D'Angelo Russell, who's now an All Star, meh. How can you how can you trade a guy who's played who's in his second season and he's playing the toughest position? Uh, and he wasn't even a natural point guard in college. To. He played small forward, so he was transitioning over to the role. I mean, it just the Lakers have done so many dumb things since, really, since their last championship in 2010. They well, I I would say that since um, since the the when did they put together Dwight Howard and Steve Nash? I still think that that was a good move doing all that. It just didn't work out the way they wanted it to. But ever since then, the the Lakers have been a mess. Can you say that they're, I mean, they're one of the, like, bottom five franchises in the league. Would you say that? Uh, as of right now, based on the moves, I mean, but getting LeBron kicks them up a notch. I would say that I'm, one move that really set them back was Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum not really reaching his potential set that organization back a lot. People don't talk about that a lot. But Andrew Bynum was supposed to, and he had the talent, he had the skills. Andrew Bynum. It was just his yeah. knees. Andrew his Bynum knees could have been a great, great player. And I think that, that would have been the found, oh, yeah. foundation to build that team. But once he went down, they never really recovered from that. I mean, really, they they have not they still haven't recovered from that. And the fact that LeBron's there, I mean, if if people just listen and they look, what Kevin Durant said is kind of what I've been saying a long time. I don't think stars are anxious to play with LeBron because LeBron is great with a bunch of role players. LeBron is not good with any players that have egos or feel like they need the ball in their hands. That's why he probably struggles with Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram, whether you agree or not, probably thinks he's just as good as LeBron. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but Brandon <laughs> Ingram, I can I promise you he thinks he's just as good as LeBron. So, when you look at that, I don't think Kawhi is anxious to go play with them. Anthony Davis right now, Looking at that shop interview, he looks like he's kind of impressionable, and they were kind of coaching him. So I, right now, I think Anthony Davis wants to play with LeBron. But if you get Anthony Davis in Boston, I don't think he goes to play with LeBron, especially if the Lakers don't make the playoffs next year either. And I don't really know how they can, because either you're saving cap room to get Anthony Davis, because you're gonna have to save uh, sign with cap, or like what are you doing to make the playoffs to make this team that you have better? Yeah, I don't know what the Lakers do, uh, especially because the free agent class next next year is not very good, um, or it's not as deep. I, I mean, and they're not getting Kevin Durant. I don't think they're going to get Kawhi Leonard. Um, Anthony Davis has to come in a trade. I, I don't know what the Lakers do. Um, you know, they they LeBron is, is he just going to ride off into the sunset and you know <laughs> i mean make his movies make space jam i mean Do you think anthony davis comes to the lakers if say let's not even say that the celtics win the championship celtics go to the eastern conference finals and lose in seven and the lakers don't make the championship does anthony davis stay with the celtics and go or go to the lakers with a 37 year old lebron james coming off of two years and not making the playoffs why would he want to though? I mean, LeBron. If you if you look at it from a basketball standpoint right now, LeBron James is not what he was last year. Um, you know, and I, like I said, it could be interest, but I mean, the guy's thirty five years old, thirty four years old, whatever it is. Um, at some point, everyone thought Kobe was indestructible until you know he snapped his Achilles and was never heard from again. 
um, y- you know, it just at some point the writing's on the wall, and you're gonna have to say, hey, this ain't it. You know, LeBron's gonna get hurt, an injury's gonna happen. Hopefully, that's not the case. Um, but this isn't setting up to be a promising time in Lakerland. Um, you know, for the for the next couple of years, and I, I I don't and Laker fans weren't like super excited about this to begin with, uh, because. They, they just, you know, he can't, he can never be above Kobe in their minds. But um, I don't know what the Lakers do. I really yeah, don't. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I think the Lakers are in a tough situation. I think they're trying to hold out hope, believing that LeBron is going to save them, bring somebody in, blah blah blah. But I just, I just don't see the track record of LeBron doing that. I don't see the path because even if they sign someone, um, let's say they get Kawhi. I think those two players clash, Kawhi and LeBron. I don't think they work great together. And plus, you're using cap to get them. Or do you overplay for Chris Middleton? I think Chris Middleton fits LeBron perfectly. But if you pay Chris Middleton his max contract, which he's going to demand, can you still afford to sign uh, Anthony Davis in the next offseason? And then put any type of supporting Mm. cast around him afterwards? I just... I don't know. It just looks like a tough situation. But let's move on to another topic. Milwaukee Bucks and Toronto Raptors have clinched playoff spots. You got Golden State Warriors, Denver fighting for one and two. Houston looks like they're rolling. Who is the biggest threat to the Golden State dynasty right now? No one. <laughs> um, but if if I if I had to put something on it, I would say Milwaukee. Um I think that, you know, you and I have talked about how they struggle with Milwaukee. That's not a team that they want to see. Uh, I'm not saying that Milwaukee will go in and win a championship and beat Golden State in a seven-game series because Golden State's been there before. Um, but that's Milwaukee's a problem for them. The problem that uh, I have with that is that I think Milwaukee's Denver's a, way. a problem for them in the regular season, just like Houston has been a problem for them in the regular season. There have been teams that's been a problem for them in the regular season that's not a problem for them in the playoffs. Maybe. Um, I I think Denver's a year away, um, at least. I, I you know, I, I don't really see anyone in the West. Everybody keeps talking about Houston, um, uh, being able to beat Golden State. Man, I just don't see it. And I could be wrong, but in the words of the great Charles Barkley, I may be wrong, but I doubt it. So I, that, I just that goes back to um, the Houston. whole thing of people look at um regular season records. Houston have beaten Golden State every time this year, they're rolling, but no, well, because Golden yeah, State don't care about I think they them. prove that they can win <laughs> I mean, on the road or whatever. I don't think they take Houston seriously, personally. I don't either. Um, so, But I don't think that there's a threat in the West to them. I, I think I'm completely focused on the Eastern Conference playoffs. You don't playoffs. think Oklahoma City can um, challenge? A difficult ma- that's some difficult matchups out there. I mean, you got Steven Adams banging. You got Paul George who can defend Kevin Durant. You got Russell Westbrook putting pressure. If they can just get them out, some consistent outside shooting from those other players. Yeah, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I mean, you got two players that can uh, get really hot. I mean, they, they look a lot like the team that, and of course, this team that almost beat Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, so this point really doesn't make sense. But I think they could. I think they could give them a matchup. I think they. I think that would be the best matchup. I don't know why people are picking Portland. I don't. I don't believe in Portland at all. Like, no, 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 not no, 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 no way. Portland, no. no way. Portland upsets anybody. <laughs> I mean, they just don't have the heart. No. 
the only people Portland upsets is their on, fans. On a regular basis. So, um, but I'm looking forward to the East, man. I like what what Brooklyn's doing. I like what, well, I'm still shocked, actually, because Indiana's playing really hard without Oladipo. I expected them to fall, and they've still been keeping it moving. Um, your Miami Heat are garbage. They're going to get swept in the first round. Disrespect. Uh, but that just, you know. Well, I mean, how you how you gonna make the playoffs and you you four games under five hundred, man? That's what the East needs to be abolished from Miami down. They just Bro, need to be out the league regulated. Doing. All we're doing is yes, we no, are. Yeah, listen, we saved them cap. We saved them cap room to go all out for Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant gave us the big middle finger. So it's like, oh, for sure we can get Gordon Hayward <laughs> next year. We try to get Gordon Hayward. No, and he gave us the middle finger. After that, you can't save the cap anymore. So what are you going to do with it? Just spend it on your own players. Make other players in the NBA be like, oh, they pay their own players. It's going to put you in purgatory for four years, but you're not beating Golden State anyway. So just chill. So that's what we're doing. We're coasting. After next year, we're going to have a shitload of cap, and we're going to go big, big fish hunting again, big game hunting again. But we're not beating Golden State, so what does it matter? At no point in time, we're beating LeBron or Golden State. So why are you wasting cap? Well, good luck to you. Hey, I do want to say, before we get out of here, I was wrong. Like usual. I, I just want to say that I was wrong. I'm impressed with Atlanta. I like what they're doing. I know that this isn't going to happen. Trey Young, the little troll doll, that boy, can, I, I like him. I like him a lot. I like, uh, I like uh, what's his name? Peter, Herter? Yep. Yep. John Collins? I like, man, I, honestly, selfishly, I know that Zion's going to go to the Knicks or some bullshit team like that. If it's Cleveland, I'm boycotting. But, man, I would love to see him play in Atlanta. That would be a to fun team. Like, I'm, I'm not sold on Zion. I'm, I'm not Zion. I'm not sold on Zion. I do not want to see who I want to see in Atlanta. I want to see Cam Reddish go to Atlanta. And I think that team right there is going to be a legit team. If you send out, if you send out there Trey Young, then you're going to put uh, Kevin Huter or whatever his name is. You go uh, John Collins and Cam Reddish. All you need is a big man, and they got two first. So Dallas is in the top ten too, right? And they got Dallas's mm-hmm. pick. They could get a big man. I don't know. Maybe the big man from Texas or something. They can have a really, really good young squad if they don't mess up these draft picks, which Atlanta is prone to do. But if they can get I, – I really like Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish is going to be better than Zion. I like RJ, but RJ Barrett, he has some – I don't like that he can't shoot. You know what I mean? Like, he has some freakish size, some freakish speed. He reminds me a lot of John Wall, but he can't shoot, which means he'll be really inefficient. So, running the court. But if you're going to pick Cam Reddish or RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett is probably better than Zion because he can run the floor if you put him in small forward. I, I don't like Zion's game, man. It's too many red flags for me. Mm, Anthony Bowie. All that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Zion's going to be the next Anthony Who? Bowie, man. He's going to be the – what's the uh, dude Bo- that got drafted number one by – Sam Bowie. Sam yeah. Bowie? Anthony Bowie's from Tulsa, my fault. Uh, what's the dude that got drafted by uh, Cleveland number one in, like, one of the worst drafts in history? Oh, Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Zion's gonna be the next Anthony Bennett, man. I don't believe in Zion, man. Ah, uh, no, I can't see that. Can't see that. All right, man. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. That's it. I mean, yep. Miami Heat and six. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh, hope I've been crossing my fingers for the last four years, but these stubborn bastards got too much ego to take. Uh, that's funny. All right, man. That's it. That's all. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace.